just have to click it. She just has to click it. There's no, there's nothing. She, that's all she has to do. Okay, she just click it. Me. It's asking me if I, if I trust it. <laughs> yes, yes, she, she yes. trust us. Trust us. Please, my friend. No, no, bring me back. <laughs> Ethan oh. is currently whispering things into my ear. Sorry. <laughs> Don't tell her that. Are you are you are you on? G'day. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Crunch episode ninety nine. Wow. Uh, it is your boy Ethan. And I'm Patrick. Patrick, we got a special guest on the show today. No way. Who do we got? Who's in the mix? Who's in who's, the mix? who's who's on the call? Today, today on the call, after after much, much trying and failing, and then su- trying and then succeeding, we have Emma Frad on the podcast today. How are you, Emma? Hey, I'm doing super well. How are you guys? We're doing fantastic. It's a beautiful Monday night slash Tuesday afternoon, Australia. Yep, the sun is out. Um, although it is winter, um, but I live in Brisbane where it doesn't really get cold during the day, so that's where I am. <laughs> I forgot that the Southern Hemisphere does that. <laughs> Can you just get up and go flush a toilet and report on the direction <laughs> of the flushing for us real quick? Because I don't, I don't think I've ever, I don't believe it. Ethan, be Ethan did. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, um, I've totally heard of that. Slash, I'm pretty sure it was on an episode of The Simpsons once, but I've never paid attention to that, and I've lived throughout both hemispheres. I really, I should really look into that. Yeah, the next time you travel up, well, take note, flush flush responsibly when you're in Australia, and then come back here to America, and then flush again, and just kind of take a mental note, and then that'll be, that's really the fruit that we're trying to get out of this podcast. We want you to learn, <laughs> we want you to learn more about the world, essentially, is what we're getting at. I forget the name of this YouTube channel, but my friend from high school actually does have a YouTube channel where he catalogs different toilets flushing. Oh, that's cool. Whoa. That's, that's one word for cool. it. Yeah. <laughs> He just anyway. like it, the the title of the video is American Standard, uh, one gallon over, or one gallon slash like two point five liters, and then he just like it's just him with his phone, flush, and then he stands back and it just wa- you watch it go. And I was like, I don't know why I'm still watching this video. I know what's gonna happen. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen toilets flush before. Man, Patrick, this is some great toilet humor that you're <laughs> uh, Emma, I got a, just a question. So. You, we, so the, the initial thought is going to be, oh, the crunch guys reached out to a uh, hit musician, Emma Frad to be on their podcast, but actually the reverse is true. Um, why, why'd you want to be on our show? Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, so I guess I'm all the way down here in Australia and, um, I'm, I work for NET Australia. We're a Catholic youth ministry. We train up about 50 volunteers each year. And half of our volunteers are international. Um, so only we get about 50 each year. So, yeah, 25 are Australian. The other half are mostly American, some Canadian. Uh, there's a girl from Poland this year who's volunteering with us, which is super cool. Um, and, yeah, I just kind of thought, like, well, I can't really afford to go to America every year and, <laughs> you know, talk about the mission of NET, but maybe right. podcasts would be a great way to do it. And oh. the crunch was recommended to Ooh. me. Okay. That's awesome. Well, I hope you know evangelization – is one of our favorite topics. Um, I myself being a focus missionary and Patrick being a, a, an adore missionary. 
um, we are we are all about it. So this is you've come to the right place. Come to the right <laughs> place. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the recruitment cast. We <laughs> we are we're all, we are recruiting now. For, we're all competing with each other to get people to sign up for our specific apostolate. Is what um, this is all if about. If you want to become an adore missionary, the answer is probably um, sure. And also, where are you going to go? Because we we don't know where to put people at this point. There's. Just like, <laughs> Focus and met net are much are much more like structured, but yeah, right. I, I I I'll recruit for net. Will you recruit for net, Ethan? Yeah, I'm down. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> so Emma, first question is just how did you get involved with net? Were you, um, you know, how old were you? Was it some kind of a college situation? Was it kind of a high school situation? Was it your faith, like younger in life, kind of leading you towards that? What did all that look like for you? Yeah, it's an interesting story. Um. I was 17 and I was an atheist at the time. Whoa. Um, classic, classic <laughs> story of a Catholic schoolgirl, you know, evolved into a different, different form of life, I guess. So yeah, I was raised Catholic, but getting into high school just from a small town. Um, yeah. I just didn't have any good examples of anyone living out their faith. And yeah, I, I consider myself an atheist. I was in a band with a couple of guys who were atheists. Um, we wrote some atheist songs. <laughs> and um, what, can I, I guess, pause? What is an atheist song? Oh, uh, just you know about how you know everyone's trying to, the world is trying to tell you all these messages, you know, and but it's not mm. true, man. And you know, think for yourself. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> does that still exist in some format that I can peruse? I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure if you go on MySpace. Yeah, oh. our, our name. Our so the answer is the answer is no. You know, it is my phrase. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. I might have to do some digging at some point, but anyway, continue. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess the long story short is my brother served on net when I was younger. I didn't know what it was, but he went off to Canada to do it. And then when I was seventeen, he invited me to go live with him for three months while he was living in Ireland at the time. And him and his wife were very into their faith, prayed a lot, went to mass a lot. We would get into a lot of debates. So I kind of was on this journey with him for those three months, just questioning the faith. And eventually I I even started praying, um, you know, because he sort of said to me one day, you can't just keep saying God isn't real if you haven't tried praying, if you haven't given prayer a chance, you know. Uh, So I was like, all right, I'll give it a go and see if I can prove you wrong. So I began praying and eventually he kind of invited me along to net training. So every year net trains all of their missionaries through this huge, intense kind of six-week training. He kind of brought me in as a babysitter. Um, should have known at the time that <laughs> he was setting me up for conversion. But um, so, yeah, my first experience was just entering this room of these 50 young adults praying, um, singing their little hearts out. And at first I was like, oh, this is so silly. Like this is the kind of behavior. This is the kind of behavior that leads my mum to believe Ned is a cult. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, but I had to sit there and I just looked at them and I was like, you know what? They, they're not lying. Like they're not putting on a show. Like they look insane. Like I think something is here. And this led me to pray more. And the next day I kind of heard one of the net staff members give a talk on God and his love. And, you know, the message was something I'd heard all my life growing up, you know, from a Catholic family and for high school. But I think because I was praying, because I was opening my heart to God, um, yeah, I just kind of had this conversion experience. It's always hard to kind of articulate what we're on, but mm-hmm. all I can say is that, yeah, like God really gave me the gift of faith that day. And um, yeah, this is next month is actually 10 years, 10 years ago. So wow, 
Yeah. So I guess you could say that like having that encounter with the mission and of net, um, yeah, it made me want to do net. It made me want to reach out to people like me who didn't know God or maybe did, but were kind of lapsed a bit in their faith and to share my story. And yeah, just, I was so excited about this faith and I wanted to share it. So I went and served on net two years, the next, the following year. Was the, so it was a, so you went to the training and then there was a year and then you became a, a net missionary. Was that kind of like the timeline? Yep. So I went home back to Australia for 10 months or so. And then I Mm -hmm. went back and served on net Canada. Wow. That's crazy. Is net international, like net Canada and net Australia, are they all pretty similar to what net does in America? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like we all have the same core values, you know, um, I think there are a few differences, like certainly in culture, like I served my two years on net in Canada and then I worked for net Canada for four years. And then I've only recently came back to Australia in the past two years and worked for net Australia. And, um, yeah, like such big, beautiful and like, but that's just, I just find it funny cause I'm Australian, but yeah, beautiful cultural differences. And I think like net USA is very big. Like they have so many teams. I think they mm-hmm. have about 130 volunteers or something each year, Wow! but I'm, I'm also pretty sure net Australia is the only net that does university ministry, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. So is that, Mm. So I know from my experience of net is just kind of, they do traveling teams and they go to parishes during random weeks of the year. And I haven't really had a ton of exposure with it. Um, so why in Australia do they do more of the, the university outreach? Why did that, why was that decision kind of made? Um, it was only kind of brought in a couple of years ago. I'm unsure of the specifics, but I think we, um, we just saw a real need for it. Um, I know that, we keep in good touch with um, some of the leaders at Focus and also CC. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There it is. There it is. There we go. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> um, and some of the people at CCO in Canada. And I think Shane from our staff actually traveled over and had a lot of meetings to kind of formulate, okay, what would a net team even do? What would their ministry look like? Um, and this is, yeah, so we've had teams at the University of Queensland, at ACU in Melbourne, and next year we're going into Sydney ACU, which is really exciting, Australian Catholic University. Um, yeah, to be honest, like there, there's just so much need. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's so much need. Even people in New Zealand, like we used to have net teams in New Zealand. And I think I've gotten about three or four emails this year being like, why does a net come to New Zealand? And it's like, oh, we would love to, but we just don't have the money. Like oh. we just can't do it, you know. So there's a lot of we wish we could, but yeah, I'm sure you guys get that. <laughs> oh, definitely. We don't we don't have too many New Zealish listeners, but <laughs> too many New Zealanders that listen. But they're just called Kiwis, Pat. What? <laughs> <laughs> there's just there's a word for them. <laughs> uh, uh, so you spoke you spoke. First of all, I, I you mentioned Melbourne. I am actually from Melbourne, Florida. This is <laughs> I and I, I grew up thinking that um, whenever I, I saw like others, this is a weird thing in America where they name towns after towns that already exist. I don't know if that's common, but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So in, in Ohio, there's like London and Toronto and a bunch of towns that are all named after big Paris. So I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I go through <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, what? This is ridiculous. Why would you name a town after a town that already exists? That's preposterous. And then I think of where I'm from. I'm like, all right, there's, there, there might be another Melbourne that of some significance. But anyway, you mentioned cultural <laughs> differences. 
please mm. enlighten us a little bit about what what what's like so cultural difference between net canada and net australia what yeah because like, we're what, pretty culturally bland it's true um, and i we don't have i wouldn't say that we're cultured yeah so, there's not too much i maybe, mean ethan ethan yeah, had the chance to be sent around the country but instead he got sent to what is essentially south kansas so please tell us <laughs> oklahoma <more. laughs> south kansas you're gonna make a lot of oklahomans mad with that one Pat. <laughs> um oh man the best way i can describe it and it kind of sounds mean but i'm not being mean but i think australia's australians are just a bit more laid back and i don't mean like oh they're laid back in the faith like they you know they don't follow all the rules and you know it's not too strict i don't mean that i just i mean more i don't know canada was great for me to start my faith journey there because just the community i was in and structurally it was very like this is what's expected you know and um but I don't know. I think when I came to Australia, I just realized it's just very laid back. Um, even our, our executive director is actually Canadian, but he married an Australian and he's been here for a while. So I feel like the culture has rubbed off a bit on him. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All, all the staff I work with, I just I feel a real sense of ease being around them. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I know their hearts. Like I know that they're um, very devout and love the Lord. But yeah, the best way I can describe it is just, yeah laid back Aussies. <laughs> is it true that in Australia when you're dressed up like dressed up like suit and tie and all this stuff that you can wear shorts? I've heard legends, but I'm <laughs> um or probably not to anything fancy, but I know what you mean like sometimes yeah, if I, if it's this if it's summer and we're going to an event, the girls will just wear dresses and then I'll look at the guys and I'll be like there are so many lengths of material on you like how do you do it? But I reckon <laughs> Yeah, you just kind of sweat. Yeah, I've just no, heard I've, there I've, was such thing as dress shorts, and I was like, "Man, one day, one day, <laughs> dress oh, shorts." They exist. they exist. Look up the pictures of LeBron James. He he rocked it. It was. Oh amazing. yeah, I saw. Them. Um, <laughs> so Emma, I have a question. A bit more of a, I don't know. I like to get into the into the weeds about this sort of thing. So, like, what mm-hmm. uh, kind of in your past, however many years uh, of doing this stuff. Uh, what is your what is your day to day looked like, um, and how has it changed since when you started to now? Just personally, or for when I was serving on net. For when, yeah, when you were serving on net. Um, and just like your so, like evangelization in general, like what did it look like when you were your day to day look like when you were at net, and then how has it kind of changed? It sounds like you're just asking her what her schedule is. Yeah, <laughs> what do you do at nine a.m. every day? <laughs> That's Central Time, so do the math. Uh, <laughs> Um, at 9am I flush the toilet and I film it (laughs) (laughs) a callback hooray we did it Um, so yeah on net I was on two sort of different teams so my first team I was based in one parish for the whole year so it was very like hour every hour was accounted for Um, a lot of kind of deliberate planning events visiting schools um, training leaders you know playing music for mass um, you would really journey with the same students when you're based in one area, which is really cool because you get to see them kind of develop their faith life. Right. Um, and then my second year, I was on a traveling team and we traveled all the way across the country, sometimes a different town every day and just Whoa. running retreats for different groups of people, um, which was very cool. Um, the Lord gave me so much energy. <laughs> you really need to pray for the grace of energy for that. Um so yeah, I guess on net it was very yeah, it was all laid out for you. Here's a venue, here's a group of students, like go for it. Um, 
and yeah, obviously when you come off net into, uh, as they say, the real world, if you will, mm. um, yeah, obviously you don't get that. So, um, I mean, I, I, for my work, obviously I still work closely with our netters and provide formation and training for them as well as everyone who's interested in applying. But yeah, I think I've had to really seek out opportunities to evangelize or just really pray through like, where is God calling me? Because just because I'm off net doesn't mean I need to find some other full-time ministry to be a part of. Um, But I think what net really helped me do is articulate my faith in a way that was welcoming and interesting um, in that, yeah, if someone off the street or, you know, the guy at the petrol station or yeah, if anyone would ask me what I do with my life, like I would feel so comfortable in, telling them what and if they ask me why like why do you do that um yeah and that really helped me form my testimony as they call it like my story about how God has come into my life and changed my life and I just I feel so comfortable doing that now it's such a part of me um and that was a real uh uh, yeah great tool I guess that, that I took from my net years you know telling that story over and over again so much um it's been wicked to really I guess uh, for lack of a better term, drill that into me, you know, so I can be ready at any point to tell that story. Mm-hmm. I just ask that because a lot of the the focus alumni talk about kind of struggling to find their place, you know, in the parish or in the workplace um, after they're done with their time in focus. And so it's just, just interesting to hear, you know, kind of a different perspective maybe um, on what it's like, you know, m- being still involved with net, um, but not no longer being kind of the boots on the ground um, where you can see like the immediate fruit um, in a way of what you're doing, you know? So that's just kind of a, just an interesting thing to, to get perspective on as somebody who's about to go into my first year, you know, on a campus um, mm. to kind of think about what's ahead, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think you have to be really intentional, you know, for example, I'm sure it's the same with um, other missionaries, but like with, with net you have people on your team and they're such a source of support like you grow so close with them and then you end your net year and suddenly they're not there and you if you're going back to you know your town or if you're moving into a place where you don't really know a lot of people you've really got to be intentional about finding that fellowship um and it can be hard like I mean for me when I had my conversion and I came back home I came back home to a very small town where yeah I knew nobody and some of the people that I shared with, Oh, you know, I've found God, like they were offended, you know, and they didn't want to be my friends anymore. And it's, it can be bloody hard, but you've just got to really fight for it and be intentional and also come to terms with like, your life may not look like everyone else. I think a lot of people, I mean, I would say a good handful of people who serve on that or who serve these gap missionary years or whatever, you know, they do go on to do youth ministry, but not everyone is called to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so just being okay that your path may not look like someone else's path, but the Lord can still bless you just as much. That's a big problem with, uh, not a problem, but like that's a big thing that I've seen in um, at Franciscan. It's like, it's the default to go to youth ministry. And so like in my head, I need to kind of get out of that. Like, well, all, what I'm going to do after this is youth ministry. It might not be mm-hmm. the case. I can do other kinds of mission work or other kinds of real people jobs. So it's like, yeah, I, I do think that mission work isn't a real person job. Okay. 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 You're right. It is. A real and person also, job. but I, I also think Patrick, that it is a problem, you know, because, uh, you want to be a youth minister so that you can give talks so that people notice your talks so you can give talks at other places. And eventually you're on stage is like the mindset I feel like a lot of people have, you know what I mean? 
it's like such an easy thing to slip into is like, oh, if I just start doing ministry, if I start doing youth ministry, then it's just a couple, that's just a hop, skip and a jump. And all of a sudden I've moved my way up in the church hierarchy, the that church might, social hierarchy. That might you know? be the temptation that I'm tempted to fall into. That might be the temptation I'm tempted to fall into, <laughs> but it's, I don't know if it's a temptation that's universal, right? Do you, I, um, I think it's more common than, okay. I, I, what? I've been thinking about this. I'm sorry. You're the, you're the guest. You can talk. <laughs> sorry me and Patrick uh, are just arguing with each other no, I was just going to ask why is it a temptation why is that not you seeking out opportunities to do what you love and where you feel your gifts are like Ooh. why yeah Pat answer that one okay 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 <laughs> this is a good question it's so a good question. <laughs> I mean so like when, when I was younger um the whole like the whole Catholic speaker thing was like really attractive right and so like that's kind of what I focused on and then as I grew up I was like oh wait no this is pride I need to put this I need to stifle this right like this is this is bad and then when I got to college I was I, I had this like deep moment of prayer and like kind of like self-realization like okay so preaching is a good thing and it's something that I'm good at and it's something that it's a skill that God can use in me and so I shouldn't stifle it right and so it's yeah. the desire becomes less of like I want to do this and it more becomes I want to do God's will Right. Mm. And so I think that um, seeing things less as like a stepping stone to the final goal and more of like this is what God's will is in this moment mm. is like is, is what I'm talking about when I talk about temptation, you know, because the temptation that I'm tempted to fall into, I guess or that, that was a weird sentence. But what I'm more what I'm more <laughs> tempted to think is like like sitting sitting when 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 youth ministry gets hard because I do youth ministry now when it gets tedious and I'm like, well. I can't wait to get out of this, but like, why can I not wait to get out of this? This is what God wants me to do in this moment. So I just need to do mm -hmm. it. It's like being really, um, th this, this was like what I was praying about this morning actually was nice. Yeah. When we get, when we get really, we get kind of like hungry for the next thing. Mm -hmm. Um, in John, in John chapter four, verse oh, 34 yeah. i remember oh, yeah. I, I i was sitting i was sitting on my front porch this morning and i was like i need to memorize this first why it's gonna come in handy later isn't it and i was like yeah, yeah, yeah okay cool so john 4 verse 34 the apostles offer jesus food right after he talks to the samaritan woman at the well and they say here's some food and he goes like i have food that you do not know my food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to accomplish his works and so i'm like all right cool i don't need to worry about what's coming you know i don't need to worry about what's gonna be given to me i just need to do what god wants me to do in this moment right now and so i guess that's that's what ethan was saying is like mm -hmm. youth ministry is not just a stepping stone to something that actually matters it mm -hmm. is in itself something that matters and we need to take it seriously mm -hmm. yeah cool that's awesome don't you love it when jesus sends his apostles on errands and then yells at them for doing it <laughs> that's my favorite it's my favorite i can't thing win with that. you yeah no i think this is something that i'd like to hear your take on as well emma because i think uh exactly along the same lines as far as practicals of ministry and practicals of working um in an apostolate is that you exactly you start to see the the ministry as a stepping stone like i'm going to um have this event so that this thing can happen so that this thing can happen so that uh people like I can tell people about Jesus or whatever your suit your fancy. Um, so then the, we have to kind of take a step back and say like, are we actually loving these people or are we just kind of using them for numbers? Are we just using them for uh, making ourselves feel like we're actually doing something? 
Um, did you ever kind of struggle with that? Because I can see myself even just in the first, you know, since I decided to be a missionary, like even starting to fall into that a little bit. Hmm, yeah. Um, stop me if I've misinterpreted your question, but yeah, maybe I'm just fresh eyes coming into what you guys have clearly thought and prayed through a lot. So don't let me stomp on it, but I feel, I feel like it. it's, <laughs> I feel like it's not a bad thing to want more and to want to grow and to want to, for lack of a better term, like further your career in a sense, like I don't believe there is anything wrong with that. And actually I was reading in a book today, how God created us for a variety. And I was like, mm. hang on. No, like I've never thought that I've thought, no, God created us to just be simple, you know, and social media has like killed our attention span. And we, we just want more because we can't be satisfied with what's simple, but I don't know. I was trying to think of the best way to apply that. Like God created us for variety. And I think perhaps, yeah, if we are in the same place for too long, we can just get a bit stale. I don't know. It's different for every person, but yeah, I think if you're a youth minister because you have these bigger dreams of being a speaker and in that list of things you just said, like putting on a youth, maybe a youth group or an event to bring these people out so you can tell people about Jesus, like that was the last thing you said to tell people about Jesus. I think if that's your goal and maybe you want to be a youth minister so you can build upon your platform to eventually reach more people, I really think that's a good and beautiful thing and a true desire from God. And I know what you mean. Like I've given and prepared for talks before and experienced that little bit of pride, but like, I don't know if, 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 if you're, if you're praying, if you're good, you know, if you're being used, I think like that pride's got nothing on the effects of, you know, listening to a good quality speaker. Um, yeah, I don't know. And again, sorry if I'm misinterpreting, but I think sometimes we can be a bit afraid to dream like, and to have these big desires, you know, like, because, we're afraid God might, I don't know, crush us or like be like, actually, no, like um, go here or do something else. And I just don't think he's like that. I think, yeah, I think if you want to be a speaker, like bloody do it. And if youth ministry is your platform to that, that's great. Um, but I think what you were saying, like where it was becoming tedious, I think obviously there's certainly, um, you know, I've met youth ministers before who can become burnt out. You know, they're just kind of doing it and doing it. And I know that's what would happen to me if I did it. Cause I'm such an introvert. Like I just couldn't mm. do it. Um, so yeah, I think take care of yourself or, or even if it's like, like for me, I, I love youth ministry and I love giving talks, but I don't think I could be a youth minister. So I really love kind of being a guest speaker, even if it's at just at little events, cause you can kind of go in, give them all you got, mm-hmm. go home and sleep for five days. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know if it's just finding what works for you, but I don't know if I answered that right or if, yeah. I, I mean, it was great. I loved it. That's all I have to say. Patrick, go ahead. There was, there was... <laughs> hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The little, there's a little tidbit of what you said about being afraid to ask God for something because you're afraid he's going to say no. Mm-hmm. Is like, I do that all the time. I think I talked about this on the crunch before is I don't want to pray for something that I figure is out of reach because if God says no and then doesn't happen, it's going to like shake my faith and I'm going to doubt a little bit. And it's kind of silly to do that, regardless of what it is, right? Like I want to pray, I pray for, I don't know, we always use the the test, the A on a test example. If God, God Mm -hmm. like answers, God either answers yes, yes, or not yet, or I have something better in mind. It's never like a yes or no, you know? And so like, it's a good point. Like, okay, so you want to be a speaker. Why? The answer should be so I can tell people about Jesus, right? And like, as long as that desire is there, I want to tell people about Jesus, then God isn't going to crush you. God just going to say, no, you, you're going to do it. Yes, you, yes, you can do that. Or I'm just going to, you're just going to do it in another way, or maybe in a way you didn't think of before or something like that. He's going to like divert your, that desire is going to pull you on the right path. If the desire is, I want to be a Catholic speaker because I want to be famous or because I want to like show people how holy I am, then God is probably going to crush you. <laughs> I really feel like that's not like Patrick, was that you that was saying that you really yes. have a desire for that? Yeah. I feel like, yeah, who, I don't know. That's a pretty strong desire. Like I just want to be a Catholic speaker for me. It's like, well, yes. I haven't met anyone who at least has admitted that, but I don't think I, I yeah, it's, 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 it's tough. I reckon, yeah, there's always going to be a bit of pride, but um, yeah, just, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm full of pride in so many ways, yet God still manages to use me. So uh, yeah. I found, found what was really crippling me at the beginning was like a fear of pride was stopping me from doing things. Wow. Um, yeah. Like a, 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 and and then my, a, a very close friend told me a, uh, a fear of fear of pride is not, it's not humility, Patrick. It's just fear and pride mm-hmm. it's like it's i'm not going to be able to conquer this sin even with the help of the holy spirit so i'm just going to avoid it altogether it's like okay so now you're just afraid and also not trusting in the holy spirit so like <laughs> so I was like oh crap that is that is prideful it's assuming that i am the one who's supposed to have the power to overcome pride crap that's more pride you know every every sin is really pride so what can you do yeah, sure. you know <laughs> either what are you thinking about you're, you're really silent what are you thinking about I'm just listening. I'm sometimes oh, okay. it's nice when we have guests on because I can listen to the podcast, you know? Like, <laughs> Otherwise I don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> which I, I really don't. Um Emma, other thoughts. I mean, we have kind of exhausted the uh the Catholic speaker debacle, but there are certainly other aspects to evangelization, to ministry, uh to net, to all of these sorts of things. Um what kind of has been for you maybe how you've seen the most fruit um, through net. What is the thing that you see missionaries doing? What is the thing that you saw when you were a missionary and maybe now as as more of an executive role? Um, in, especially, I mean, in Australia, because I'd love to hear kind of the different cultural perspective, like where's the most fruit being born and how is it happening? Mm, yeah, for sure. Um, um, hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, 
could be the same kind of everywhere, but something. <laughs> oh, sorry, I just got a phone call. Um, yeah. Kicked off the podcast. No phones. <laughs> <laughs> it's calling through my laptop. Thing now. <laughs> um, I reckon honestly, just like one-to-one peer-to-peer. How mm. are you going? How's your day? Like, I remember my brother asking me once, like, would you have responded well if a net team came to our parish? Um, and I was like, you know, if net was just a bunch of people giving presentations, I would have made fun of the speaker to my buddy probably, <laughs> but because net has small groups, you know, where it's like one, um, netter and then maybe a group of six to seven people on your grade. Like, I think I really would have asked questions like, why does the church teach this? Like, I think I would have really challenged them, but the thing that really would have got me would have been the prayer time at the end of the retreat where, um, yeah, every netter individually goes over to every student and asks them, can I pray for you? What can I pray for you for? And yeah, I just think you can't, I don't know. Like, I think I really would have responded well to that. Like you can't say that, that that's fake, you know, like one person showing love to another, you know, um, and just taking interest. You know, I think a lot of our, a lot of teenagers these days, like they just want to be seen, they want to be heard. And even if it is like just at the start of the retreat, just being, just getting to know them, like, yeah, what's your name? Like, what do you like doing? Where are you from? Like, um, almost not even mentioning God, like obviously so not to scare them off, you know, so that when you you do bring up this idea of God, like they've kind of built this trust with you. So yeah, I would say the biggest thing that works is just, yeah, that peer to peer relationship building. Yeah. I, I made, I made the horrible mistake of telling a homeless man yesterday that I was a missionary. I like, and he was like, "Oh, so you only came up to me because you were a missionary?" Oh, I was Patrick! Like, well, you made him feel used. Like, yeah. Come I, on, man. I know. I felt, I felt horrible, and I was like, "Yeah, well, that wasn't why I came up, and it took me a while to get out of that hole." Because he, he asked me, well, he asked me what I did. He was like, "What do you do?" I should have said. I mean, even if I had said, "I'm a youth minister," I was like, "I'm a youth minister. I work with Adora Ministries. I'm like a missionary with them," and I just like said the word, and he was like. Oh, so like you just came up to me, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, ah, man. But the thing is like, yeah, you did. You did go up to him because you are a missionary. And what does missionary mean? If not like to reach out to those who often don't get people reaching out to them. Like it's not a bad thing that you did. Like everyone kind of in a way has that missionary identity. And if I ever gave money to a homeless man or spoke to someone on the street, like it does come from that identity. But yeah. I don't know. I think that's fascinating um, because just so often um, we think that uh, a program or an activity is going to change somebody's heart. Um, mm. And it's, it's just not true. I mean, I'm reading Joy of the Gospel right now by Pope Francis. He keeps going back to it. It's not, not uh, an activity or a program or an event. Um, it is the, it's the apostolic endurance is what he calls it of just like being with somebody and walking with somebody in their journey day by day, one step at a time, like regardless of where they start. Um, and so that's super convicting for me going into focus, um, because you know, their whole model is, you know, oh, we want to make as many, like we want spiritual multiplication. Like we want to make disciples who make disciples. Um, Mm. and that's a good goal, obviously, like all in for that, but you know, my kind of conviction is, you know, well, I don't want to leave out the people who maybe at the end of my time in focus aren't even still like are not even Christian, you know, but I still want to walk with them, you know, day by day, step at a time, because I, I'm, I don't know what kind of fruit that could bear in the rest of their lives, you know, and so it's, 
we have to be attentive to everybody, not just the people that we see as like ourselves and not just the people that we see as, you know, that we get along with or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. literally, it's literally everybody that, um, deserves our time. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think just as a missionary, that's so important and it's so hard to implement because we're so selfish (laughs) and we we want to spend our time our way. Yeah, it's so much easier to disciple someone who I know is going to ask me intellectual questions about theology uh-huh. instead of like spiritual questions about like, how do I how do I pray, even though I feel like my parents hate me? You know, like it's just that's such a tough question. Like, mm-hmm. well, theologically, your parents don't hate you. It's like, well, no, that's not a good answer. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um, it's easier for me to disciple somebody who wants to play basketball with me and not somebody who wants yeah. to knit in their free time. You know, like. <laughs> How much are we dedicated? Are we we dedicated enough to the mission to go knitting with someone? If you learned, if you learned how to knit just to hang out with someone, that person would feel so loved. Oh yeah. I mean, hands down. I have two, two missionaries, one, two missionaries, both at the door, one named Lauren, shout out Lauren and one named Hawk, shout out Hawk. Uh, Hawk is his name. Well, his like the bird. Yeah. His, his last name has the word Hawk in it. And so he goes by. Oh yeah. That's, that's the coolest nickname ever. It's pretty dope, right? (laughs) He has two, he has four Hawks tattooed on his ankles. He has like one on each (gasps) side of, yeah, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, so Lauren, Lauren is a grad from Franciscan catechetics major. And so her first, she was talking to me last night about her first instinct is to go for the curriculum. Like let's write the curriculum. Let's like make a catechesis on the Eucharist and all this stuff. And Hawk's first instinct is like, uh, we're going to play soccer three nights a week and I'm going to talk to these kids. And when they ask me about Jesus, I'm going to talk about him. And in 20 years when they're alone and sad and don't have anyone, they're going to think back and be like him. I remember him. He talked to me. He showed interest in me. I'm going to call him. And so he's like, he's sowing for someone else to reap. Even, even, because like, because who knows, who knows who is going to be at that parish in 20 years? Like, it might not even be him. They're going to think, like, oh, Hawk was nice to me. I'm going to go back to that parish. He's not there, but someone else is. You know, back to John 4, Jesus talks about um, right after verse 34, right after that. He's like, one sows and another reaps. And like, that's, we have to be okay with being the sowers. Mm. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. I don't have anything to add. Sorry, Pat. I, me either. <laughs> no, I love that. After yeah. after a year and a half of doing the podcast, after almost 100 episodes, I have learned to stop talking even when it's silent. <laughs> it's so Wait, what hard. Is, what does that even mean? Like to, to just let the point rest and not try oh. to reiterate my point. Yes, that's something that we had to learn together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Patrick, do you have any other questions for Emma? Hmm. I've I've asked her all the questions that I was planning on asking her about about the ministry. Yeah, okay. Um Yeah, no, I don't I don't I don't have I don't have many other questions. Um Emma, are there things that you would like to share with us about Nat or just about what you do or anything yeah. that you think people should know? Like, cause it, this is open forum. This now's your time. If you if you've ever had a pitch this is it this is your moment this is your this is your grammy speech all right i just want to thank my mum and my dad (laughs) um i mean yeah i would just be so cheeky as to say if any of the listeners have ever considered taking a year off and doing missionary work and coming down to hot as australia um 
yeah, like I would just invite you to, to pray about serving with net. Like we take people between the ages of 18 and 30. Um, I know for myself, net was probably the most selfless I've ever been for the longest period of time. Like you, I just really pulled out of yourself to love the other, whether that's someone on your team or a contact person from your area or the youth on retreat. Um, and yeah, there really is no feeling like being used to do the Lord's work. Um, but not only that, I think, um, yeah, it just really helped me develop a stable prayer life um, where I, I just kind of place that as a priority now to pray every day, you know, um, I'm so blessed here at the net office. We have a chapel downstairs, so I get to do adoration before work every day. Oh. Um, and it's something that recently I'm just in my prayers. I'm just thanking God, like thanking God for this time that I get with him. And I know that I, I wouldn't have that unless it was for net, you know, having that wonderful structure of praying every day and relying so heavily on God. Um, and yeah, if you, if you don't want to apply, I guess, yeah, please just keep us in our prayers. Um, we're aiming for it. Um, 25 guys and 25 girls for our 2019 net year. Um, it runs from mid-January to mid-November with a two-week break in July. Um, and, yeah, we have big dreams. We have big hopes for net. Um, yeah, we really want to reach more people. We want to fill our team so they can be the best they can be. Um, yeah. If I mean, if I wasn't doing Focus, I would apply to be a missionary in Australia, I think. Um, not – not because of the toilets and not because of <laughs> kind of the, the laid back atmosphere, but because of the mission, you know, and you can, you can take that to the bank uh, audience. That's, <laughs> that's the truth. Yeah. We, we have like a, we have like a knockoff net at Franciscan. It's not like it, it's, it's, it's basically it's called 10 retreat teams. <laughs> it's, it's anti-net. It's like, <laughs> it's like the reverse flash. Um, exactly. We, it's it's called sent and it's essentially retreat it's net retreats for like a semester commitment as opposed to a year long awesome. commitment yeah that's pretty great cool. so yeah like like i said if same same vein as ethan if i had known about net when i was in high school i would have seriously considered <laughs> i would have thought about it and then politely put the finally put the, the, the application back because i was no, really excited on, to go to college. Nice. i would totally do it it's so cool it like i've heard i've heard so many stories from people who are just like yeah my life was changed by traveling around the country and evangelizing with a super close community and like like you were talking it's about such a cool concept it's like it's, it's scriptural it's what the apostles did you yeah. you too can be an apostle you just join that <laughs> you can you can share everything in common including a van <laughs> <laughs> including but not limited to a van pairs of underwear <laughs> pairs of shoes uh varying amounts of snacks and other junk foods um but anyway patrick can we can we put i'm afraid in the crunch bowl please we we can very much do so that yes yes Emma, I don't know if you know, since you've only listened to some of our podcasts, but we every time we have a guest on, we like to throw them into the crunch bowl and ask them a couple of the harder-hitting questions. Are you I am so down. All right. Uh, Patrick, go first, because i got to remember my question. Well, the first question is, obviously, what is your favorite cereal? Uh, I'm going to pick option letter, not in the alphabet, and say that I don't really have a lot of cereal. Um, <sighs> but... Can I tell you what I do have for breakfast, or do you want me to actually think no. of cereal? Oh, no, is, no, it like a, is it like a super Australian thing? Is it like Vegemite and fairy bread? 
<laughs> that would be too funny. No, it's actually a really um, healthy thing, but it's so yummy. Basically, every morning I have two eggs, half an avocado, and fried sweet potato. What? That sounds well, delicious. You have that every yeah. morning? Yeah, I do. I can wow. barely cook two eggs every morning. <laughs> I'm 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 a morning person, so I'm always just like keen to go at like Up six. I struggle to get the Reese's Puffs into the bowl. <laughs> so, I mean, if that don't, tells you anything. Don't you find that cereal just doesn't really fill you up? Uh, not if you eat enough of it. That's Emma. true. That's why you That's... eat eight bowls of it a morning. <laughs> I don't. Let me tell you this. I'm, I have not been going to the grocery store and purchasing the family size bags of cereals <laughs> for myself for four years for no reason. Okay. <laughs> I, I've figured out the formula. I know how much I need. You know what I'm saying? America has so... Um, many more many things wrong with it. Oh, <laughs> what were you saying? Like there are so, um, oh, I can't speak, so many more options for cereal than Australia. I feel like we have pretty boring options. What do you, really? well, what kind of, what do you, yeah, what do you have? Because now we'll, I'm we'll ship some to you, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll send you some. We'll get you, we'll get you that imported <laughs> this goods. Is, this counts as missionary outreach. We got to get the good cereal to the Aussies. <laughs> like we got to get them fed. Okay. Well, we have, um, we have wheat bix. Do you guys have wheat bix? Uh no, it's like um, it's more of a we're gonna get it more email. for countries that more for countries that belong to the queen uh <laughs> are the countries that have Weetabix like we don't have any of those Weetabix are like a little bit smaller than an old iPhone um and you have it with milk <laughs> milk um and you can put it in the microwave make them a bit warm but it's really funny because back in the day um a lot of Australian cricketers would go on TV ads to like promote the cereal oh my gosh it's like, Wheaties. Oh yeah, maybe it's, yeah. it's Australian Wheaties. That's hilarious. Do you do you have um, sports people do that there? Oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. huge. If you're on a Wheaties, well, he, you've made it. It's true. Because because like I probably have like two, three if I'm really hungry. But often it'll be like Brettley does seven. Like how many can you do? Why are they I so big? Is it cereal or is it like a waffle? It's cereal, yeah. But why is it so big? If it if you can only eat three of them, because I can eat um, about a hundred of anything. <laughs> it sounds like I can't. Raisin like brand. Yeah. Well, yeah, good. it's about the size of an iPhone, like a small, like an iPhone uh, five like, or something. I thought you were exaggerating the size of these, but apparently, I just need to look it up now. All right. Yeah, um, the next question, I guess. <laughs> um, would you rather? Oh gosh, what? What's my? Oh, um. Oh, here we go. I'm sorry. I haven't asked. We haven't had a guest in so long. Would you rather uh, <laughs> sneeze out your butt or fart out your nose? <laughs> Whoa. Um, I reckon fart out my nose because you just have to keep changing your undies if you sneeze out your butt. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's a, a very really, good, that's a really good point. practical and answer. I, I feel like you could really cup the sound of the nose fart, you know? Or at least go like, ah, and scream like while you fart so people can't hear it. <laughs> or just bury your head in a pillow. That's how, you, that's, how you know, that's how you know Emma's had a bad day. She's just walking around screaming all the time. <laughs> I, don't, she, I don't know what she ate last night. She ate a bunch she's of wheat. constantly screaming, apparently. <laughs> uh, Patrick, hit her with the, uh, the classic. Oh, oh, would you rather – oh, I was going to do the horse-sized duck one, but that's not ours. We don't do that one. No, would do the you other rather one. change gender every time you sneeze or not be able to tell the difference between a muffin and a baby? Oh my gosh! I theologically, I can't agree to the first one. But, um. <laughs> or the second one. <laughs> <laughs> you 
You have to give up muffins, and that's just theologically. I prefer muffin baby hybrids to uh, (laughs) being a guy for twenty seconds. No, I reckon um, because you can't make yourself sneeze unless like fake sneezes counted. I reckon definitely the muffin and baby thing because I just train myself like never eat muffins ever again. The muffin. If the muffin starts crying, don't eat the muffin. Every time I see a muffin, I'd get an adult to help me. <laughs> I need an adult. This is my kid, or it's my blue. <laughs> wife. I don't know. I don't, I don't think, know what it is. I don't think like you, I don't think like babies look and feel like a muffin. I think you just pick up a two-pound baby, and you're like, "Is this a muffin? Yeah, it's know. two it's pounds. Just, it's heavier than of, normal." Muffin. There's lots of concepts that go behind the question. Um, I think is that all of our questions. I, I mean, there's anything? also, would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or or ten duck-sized horses? Would I rather fight, did you say? Yeah, yeah. fight one. Ten duck-sized horses. Oh, I reckon um, a horse-sized duck because just, you know, one thing to focus on, just get a really big gun. Bob's yeah. your uncle. Also, Bob's your uncle. Hey, hey, Patrick, <laughs> do you remember my kebabs your uncle tweet? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> oh man, it was it was really stupid. It was like if your aunt marries a guy who's actually like a skewer filled with meats and or fruits, boom, kebabs your uncle. It was like <laughs> so dumb, but it's one of the most proudest I've ever been out of over a tweet before. That's too oh, funny. That's a quality tweet. <laughs> um Emma, now's your chance to uh you successfully made it through the crunch bowl. Now's your chance to kind of self promote um anything that you want people to follow you on. Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, obviously, uh, other podcasts, go. Feel free. Sure thing. Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, just Emma Frad, um, F-R-A-D-D. Um, yeah, and I'm kind of doing a few things here and there on different blogs and stuff, but I usually post about it on those two main, um, yeah, I guess, handles. And as well, if you just look up Net Australia. Um, just one word, N-E-T, Australia on Instagram. You can find us there, suss our stories. We have our traveling team kind of doing all the stories and the same thing on Facebook as well. All right. That was pretty Fantastic. easy. Patrick, you got anything for the people before I uh, close this out for the day? Yeah, I got I got nothing for the people except for the usual. So our Patreon survey is now closed as of the posting Aww. of this episode. I know, so sad. Um, maybe I'll keep it open until the end of Sunday. Probably not, though. Maybe um, just close it. I don't think anybody's not. taking I'm it. I'm just going to close it. It's, it's really not a big deal anymore. Uh, sports on Patreon, patreon.com slash the crunch. You can follow us on Twitter at BroPostle, at Catholic Pat, on Instagram at Ethan Stevie, at Patrick Nevy, III. Uh, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the crunch, twitter.com slash the crunchcast. All the links are in the episode notes below. And I'll link to all of Emma's stuff as well. Uh, thanks. Emma, yeah, Emma, thank on. you so much for, for coming on. It's been a pleasure uh talking to you today no worries at all it's been a pleasure being spoken to thanks for having me yeah and uh if you ever need anything if you ever need an american connection um i'm sure you have plenty of other channels but (laughs) if you (laughs) if for whatever reason they aren't picking up you can always call us (laughs) dope thank you very much all right um again everybody go check out emma stuff she's she's a wonderful person doing great things uh all over the world um we should be like her All right. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we'll see you in the Eucharist.